and we expect right now that that's just how it goes. We teach, they learn and do. But what we're missing is this whole middle part where we're gradually releasing the responsibility and we're offering supported practice with guidance and feedback along the way. And that usually needs to happen in the middle. Welcome to Scale Your Course. If designing and delivering a scalable course has got you feeling overworked, overwhelmed, and just plain tapped out, you're not alone. I'm Tracy Sheriff, and in this podcast, you'll listen to a combination of solo episodes and powerhouse interviews where we'll share tips, strategies, and insider insights into how you can successfully design and deliver a scalable course. Prepare to reach your next level business goals without compromising your health and wealth with the Scale Your Course podcast. Hello, hello, hello. I am super excited to be coming at you with a brand new interview with Cassie Ryder. Cassie is a pioneer in the online business space, and she's recently developed a certification program for online education managers. She started in the online business world as a virtual assistant before moving on to really specializing in online education management. And she's driven by a mission to transform the way coaches and service providers deliver results inside their paid group programs. Cassie and I have similar backgrounds and a love and passion for education in the online space and teaching and learning and all the things. We both have similar missions to raise awareness about effectiveness of design and the importance of efficiency and delivery in courses and group programs. And I am sure that you'll find this interview is going to provide you with some food for thought and some new ways for you to take action in your own courses and programs. Welcome, Cassie, to the Scale Your Course podcast. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Tracy. This is going to be a fun conversation. So for those of you who are listening, I'm going to have Cassie give herself a little bit of an introduction, and then I'm going to tell you why I think Cassie is a perfect guest for this podcast here. Well, gosh, Tracy, what do you want to know? Um <laughs> Tell me about yourself, your business journey, and, you know, just kind of frame where you are right now in, in the online course and program space. Great. Yeah. So um, I entered the online business world about four years ago now. I was in, I'm trained as a teacher. And so I was teaching, training student teachers designing curriculum, all of those things in the actual public education system for just about 10 years. And then um, our son came along and I was like, and I'm done. For anybody who's ever been in the actual classroom, uh, at least in America, it is about the least family-friendly job you could possibly have because you're always so focused on your own classroom. So I wanted to spend more time with my son, but I needed to be working. So I was like, well, there's this like online thing, right? So I, I could do something. I don't know. And I stumbled into becoming a virtual assistant. And um, that was like a really good experience for me. You know, I was fully booked, like within four months, I was turning people away. And I absolutely hated it, because I still felt very much like an employee. 
So it took a little while for me to kind of figure out what is, where do I belong in this giant online space? And just about a year and a half ago now, I, a light bulb went off and I was like, oh yeah, I have this thing called a master's degree in education and all of this experience in the classroom. And I was seeing coaches and service providers scaling their services by moving from one-on-one -on -one to a group program model. And what I was seeing is that those same people had no background in curriculum design or teaching at all, and that there were ways that they could make their programs more effective to get their clients better results. And so I thought, well, hey, there's a gap here because nobody was really talking about it. Um, still, there's a, there's a real, there's not a lot of conversation around the actual content that people are teaching and how to make it be better or the best that it can be. So I thought there's a gap here and I jumped in and started to fill it. And I started working with coaches who had run their group co coaching programs, you know, two or three times and they really wanted to grow their programs, but they wanted to make sure it was dialed in. Like the content was just how it, you know, it needed to be. Um, that they had the evaluation system set up, like the feedback loop set up to let them know when and if things needed to be changed and revised and tweaked and to help them get their resources really dialed in so that they weren't just like busy work things that people needed to like, you know, the worksheet that kids do in the classroom. So they weren't like that, but they were actually, um, you know, things that would help people move forward. So that's what I've spent, you know, the last, you know, I don't know, just over a year doing. And then a couple of months ago, I decided uh, this is great. Business is booming and things were going great. And this realization came to me that one of my, I guess one of the best way to say this would be that one of my core values is integrity. And I really believe that as the person selling the program, whether that's a DIY course, whether that's um, a group, a high ticket group coaching program, which is who I usually work with, you need to be able to back up your promise in some way. And, um, and I can't, I can't change the industry and shift the focus on my own. I need like more people with me in this movement like you, Tracy. So I realized also that what I had ultimately done was taken a set of expertise that I had and really used that to build a really profitable business for myself. And I was still doing done for you work, right? I was writing lesson plans, creating resources. So I was still doing some tasks, but there was a lot of strategy involved with the business owner before those tasks were getting done. And what I realized was that I was just an extremely well-paid virtual assistant, right? Like I had this amazing body of knowledge that people need and because they need it, because there was value in my skill set, I could charge more. So what I've decided to do to grow the movement is that I'm writing a, a certification program right now. So still in works for what it will be officially called, but working on trademarks and regist you know, registering and all of that, um, something along the lines of online education managers. So basically training virtual assistants and online business managers, allowing them to, to get the same, to have the same expertise as I have now, training them in that so that they're able to step into the role that I was doing and serve more people. That was a really long answer to your question. 
Oh, but I love it. And that's exactly like why I wanted to have you on this podcast. And just for everybody to frame for everyone how we know each other, you know, we were part of a group program together. And when I first joined the group program, there wasn't anybody doing the work that I do in this group program. And then along came Cassie. And I was like, wow, like someone else who's doing something similar. Now, there are different things that we're doing in the space, which is really awesome because there's just so much that we can do. And we, you know, I, I love that we're exploring that. But this idea that there's now more people like you and I coming forward to say, like, there are things that people need to be considering about their design and their efficiency of their delivery that can really impact not only the student experience, but also their experience as, as the person who's facilitating or leading the course or online program. So this passion that you have for the message and you saying, you know, bringing along people, that's, I feel very much the same way and collecting people as I go. There's still few of us, but there's more of us than I thought there was. And it, sometimes it just takes you stepping up to the plate to kind of share your story and your passion to have other people come alongside of you who might've been there all along or are coming along because they're recognizing the importance of the message, right? Yeah. Yeah. I really love that you're moving in this direction too of, of um, creating a certification academy and you're really taking what you learned as a VA and marrying it with your instructional design knowledge. And I just, when I heard that, cause you did a live stream not that long ago, I was like, wow, like that's, that's so needed. Right. And one of the things, you know, that I find with some of my clients is that they have teams, but they don't necessarily know how to leverage the teams in the right way in order to create this efficiency or effectiveness that they're, they're seeking. They know that there's some holes that they need to fill. They know that there's some improvements that they can make. They're just not really sure how to tap into the skill sets of their, their team. So this idea that you're going to actually help support VAs and in developing skills in instructional design is what's really attracted me to having you on the podcast today. So thank you for being here and, and sharing that. Cause I think this is just going to be amazing to see how this is going to all unfold for you. I have good, good vibes going your way. Thank you. I'm, I'm feeling all the good vibes, which is something that I've learned along the, the journey in business is that sometimes you just need to go with your gut, right? It's For scary sure. to, to pivot and move into something new, but I feel so much good energy around this. And I just know, you know, it's not that, um, it's not that there's coaches and service providers that are out there that are, it's not like anybody's doing anything with any type of ill will. It's that there's just not the knowledge base about how to do it. And I was thinking the other day, when you're an educator, you need to have two different sets of expertise. You need to have expertise in um, teaching and learning, right? You also need expertise in your content area, right? So if you think about this from like a secondary education model, if you're a science teacher, you have expertise in teaching and you also have expertise in like biology or physics. And you need to hone both areas of expertise when you're a teacher. So when you think about that and you relate it to a business owner though, now it's like, how many hats do I need to wear? Right? Exactly. And they, you, it, it's, I mean, I think it's unreasonable and not efficient to expect a, a business owner 
to go back to college for their degree in teaching to learn all of this stuff. In order to fill that gap, they just need to hire somebody who has that expertise. And now they have both sets of expertise. They have their expertise as the content area expert, and they have the expertise of the education consultant that's coming along beside them and helping them really turn their expert knowledge into something that is um, understandable, right? That people can understand. And most importantly, in my mind, take action on and get the right types of feedback about so they can move forward in the right way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's a gap that this, what you're offering is definitely going to fill for people. So I'm, I'm so excited for you. So tell me a little bit about what you see are some of the biggest struggles of the clients that you've worked with over this past year that kind of led you to, led you to this. You've touched on it some, but is there anything really specific that you wanted to highlight as areas where you really just see that there, there's a need, some additional growth? Yeah, well, I think that it's, um, the, I think the things that people are doing are quite logical, right? So you decide as a business owner, I'm going to run a group coaching program you've never done it before. So what do you do? You look to other people who have done it before, or you think about experiences you've been in and you model it after that. That makes a lot of sense, right? You're, you're, you're seeing what's been done. You're like, okay, so this is what I'm going to do. I mean, I think that's a perfectly good strategy. The, the challenge is that what I see most people doing is talking at their clients for 30, 45, 60 minutes. And just, um, what is that phrase? Basically, like a fire hose it's like water coming from a fire hose and it's just like here's all the information yes that is not helpful like we think it's helpful if we think about probably our last experience in education it probably was a lot like that in a lecture hall at a university right like it's a lot of times how like post-secondary education is done so it kind of makes sense that that's what, how we would think adults need to learn. But what we really need to understand is that adults need the information. They also need to know why. And then they also need to be just like any other learner, given a chance to practice and fail, right? Yeah. And get feedback and practice and fail and get feedback in a safe space so that they can go then and do it in the real world with a little bit of practice already under their belt. So what the, the biggest thing that I see that could be changed immediately and make any program more effective is to follow a model. Regie Routman is a, um, she's a master writing instructor and I've, I've learned a lot about writing instruction through her, but she has a model of teaching that's called the gradual release of responsibility, where at the beginning of a learning journey, uh, the, the teacher, the facilitator has more of the responsibility, right? And so they're teaching, teaching what we would think of as lecture style, but in, and then it eventually gets to where the learner has most responsibility. Now they're doing the thing. And we expect right now that that's just how it goes. We teach, they learn and do. But what we're missing is this whole middle part where we're gradually releasing the responsibility and we're offering supported practice with guidance and feedback along the way. And that usually needs to happen in the middle. Um, if people don't feel confident, if they leave your group session or they leave your video and they don't feel confident doing whatever it is that's just come out of your mouth, they may logically understand the words that you said, 
and intellectually they get it, but that doesn't mean they're going to go do it because they need to practice, right? You can read all the books you want about swimming. You can have all the information you want about swimming. You can watch all the videos, read all the books, but you're not actually a swimmer until you hop in the pool and swim. So that's like the number one thing is we need to start offering more um, interactive experiences, more supported practice, I think. is the, That's the number one thing that I see that you could change and it would immediately improve your program without anything else. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think this idea of getting feedback and then being able to like practice, not like the next day even, in the moment, like as much as you can make it interactive. Yeah. So like if they're, you're teaching something new and there's an action that you can have, having them doing it with you, with the group, right then, right there. Because I don't know how many times I've taken a class and you think you understand everything, you've got a plan, the next day you open up your book or you open up your activity or your assignment or whatever and you're like, what, do I, what am I supposed to do again? Like, like there really just needs to be that reinforcement probably as quickly as possible. I know that's not always possible. Sometimes we do have to take it away and, and play with it a little bit. But anytime we can get a quick win for people, it really helps just reinforce that learning quickly. And so they're more apt to be able to take the larger or the bigger actions on their own and potentially get some feedback for you at your next call or in a Facebook group or community that you might have. Um, I know circles actually getting really popular too. So um, I, I definitely, I definitely hear what you're saying there. And you were also talking about the fire hose and um, you know, such a big, big thing that is like content overwhelm is real. And in a world where we are also very overloaded with information coming at us from like so many places. We need to really make sure that we have people's attention and that they're attending to things that they really need to know. So it's in my view, and I'm sure you'd agree as, as a designer, instructional designer, like focus on what they really need to know, not the nice to know. And, you know, you can always add some fluff later on. And people always ask me, what is fluff anyways? Well, to me, fluff is, is the stuff that you don't really need to have. It's a nice to have, but it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's not meant to be negative, but it, if you have too much of it, if you have too much fluff, people can't sift through and really get to get to what they need to really be focused on. Yeah. And I think that that's a really important thing to point out. I'm glad you, you mentioned that because I was actually having this exact conversation yesterday with a client. Um, and I think this is extremely important when we're talking especially about, I mean, it's important all the time. Like we need to cut out anything that is not essential. So you, have you ever heard that phrase, Tracy, that's like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Yeah. <laughs> that's, exactly how, that's exactly how we need to start looking at our curriculum. Do they have to have this to move forward to get to the end result that you're promising? If it's like, hell yes, they need this, then include it. If it's not, then what I suggest my clients do is like, let's start making a list of all of those things that aren't hell yeses. We're going to table those for a minute and then we'll come back to those and I'll come back to those in a second here. But making sure not only that only the essential things are included, but that you have strategically ordered those things so that they build on one another. Everybody Almost every client I talk to says, well, Cassie, I don't know how I can order them. Everything's important. And it's like, yes, and we live in a linear world where time is linear. You can't learn everything all at once. 
So it's our job as the expert um, to determine what needs to come first, second, third, et cetera. When we're talking about DIY courses, this is why I would always suggest content be dripped out and never just here's all the lessons have at it. And then when you have that list of, you know, re like other things that you've cut, the fluff as you've called it, I suggest developing those into resources so that as questions come up, you can start giving resources or maybe you could attach them if you're in a DIY course, you can attach them as like an additional resource to that lesson. Um, but this is where, you know, in the teaching world, you know, we call it differentiating instruction. When you have people that, that you know, you plan for like the middle 50%. There's always going to be some people who are having a harder time with it. And there's always going to be some people who are like, this is super easy. And you need to meet the needs of those two individuals as well. So that's where all those extra resources come in is it's like, okay, it, maybe if this person's struggling, they need this little extra video or this extra reading source or this extra, you know, practice tip. And maybe if somebody's like ahead, it's not like what more work can I give them, but how can I give them a deeper understanding of what I need them to know? Or how can they take this concept and make it more meaningful in their lives in whatever way you're trying to teach them? So that's how I suggest dealing with the, the fluff is creating a resource bank for you as the, as the teacher, as the facilitator. So you always have the answers that you need to support your clients, however they need to be supported. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I think for me, I like your strategy and I've used this strategy myself where it's really, let's just focus on what we need to know. And then the nice to knows, like they're not not important. They might be very important to particular students. Yeah. But I think for me, the one tip that I would add to that, and I think you just do this naturally and intuitively because you've talked about the resource bank, but it's making sure people know the difference between the need to knows and the nice to knows or the nice need to do's and the nice to do's. And sometimes it's how it's structured and laid out for the students. So if the platform has just got a whole bunch of stuff and it's all broken down into modules, but there's this video and this audio and this uh, worksheet to do, just labeling it as, you know, highly recommended or, you know, do this first. And if you have some time or some interest, do this later kind of thing, something to kind of give your student that journey, particularly if it's more of a self-paced course where you're not necessarily having a lot of engagement with, with someone. So there's definitely ways of including fluff without it being um, a, a challenge. So I don't want to come across like I think that, that we can't add those things, but we just, we want to be intentional about every decision we make. And because we don't want to have people wasting their time on the wrong things and then coming to us saying, well, I'm not getting I'm not getting the result because, you know, I really didn't know where to focus my time and attention. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that's great. So you've talked a little bit about, you know, what your clients are struggling with. Is there anything that you might say, I wish more of my clients knew or understood? Is there something that stands out for you? Yes. And this is the third time I've talked about it this week. And <laughs> I'm just like, this must be the theme of the week. Um, so have you ever heard, and I'm sure you have Tracy, but I'm just going to ask you anyways, rhetorical question time. Have you ever heard somebody say to you, well, I can't make them do it. They're, it's, you know, not on me that they're not getting results. Like they're not doing the things that I'm telling them to do. Have you heard any, anybody say that? All the time. <laughs> All the time. And so this is one of those situations where it's like, um, 
there's a couple things about it. It has to do with accountability. And what does accountability actually mean? We often think, like somebody might say to you, Tracy, I need you to hold me accountable. But the fact of the matter is, and this is something that um, I learned from the book, The 12 Week Year, which is actually a book about productivity and like how to plan your days. But there is like chapter eight, a three page chapter, three pages, and it's called Accountability is Ownership. And what the authors pointed out to me and I was like, it hit me over the head. I was like, obviously, Cassie, how have you not thought about this? I can't hold anybody accountable and you can't hold anybody accountable. We can only hold ourselves accountable. So there's that that I want to make like known, first of all. So yes, you can't get results for your clients. They are accountable over the ownership of the, like they must take ownership over their own results. So accountability is really ownership is what I learned from that book. And I, I think it's, that's a beautiful thing. And what, what that leads to is we need to really be clear about what are we accountable for as coaches? What do we need to take ownership over as coaches and service providers? And what do our clients need to take ownership over? We need to make sure that's clear to us and clear to them. And then the second thing we need to do is we need to facilitate their accountability. So what do I mean by that? What I mean is we need to be purposefully planning in opportunities for them to show that they are owning their own progress. And we need to be building lessons so that they are, we are accountable to quality instructional methods and materials. We have ownership over that. They have ownership over actually hitting play or showing up and implementing, right? So part of facilitating accountability is giving them time to practice in that lesson so that they feel comfortable going to do it on their own. That's part of facilitating accountability. Another part of facilitating accountability would be like, so, okay, um, Tracy, when do you want to have that? When do you want to have that done by for yourself? And then you could tell me, oh, I would like that done by next Friday. Great. I'm going to write that down and I'll follow up with you. So now it's not that I'm holding you accountable. It's that you have made your ownership over that, whatever it is known. You've taken it from inside of your head now, and now it's real. It's out in the world. It's been spoken. It's just like when I say, oh, I should go live in my group. I may or may not go live in my group if I'm just telling myself, oh, I should do that. But if I go into my Facebook group and I announce, hey, you guys, I'm going to be here at, you know, 1130 on Thursday. I'm going to show up at 1130 on Thursday. I've just made it real. For sure. So how, so what is accountability? It's ownership. Then determining who has ownership over what in your program. And then how can you facilitate the ownership or the accountability for your clients? How can you facilitate that for them? I love that. How can you make it easier for them to take ownership over their own learning? Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Um, that's that's a, a resource I'd love to take a look at myself. So you'll have to to send that my way or send a link or something and I can and put it in the show notes. I'm 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 not entirely sure um if it was a book or an article that you were reading, yeah. but please like share that. Um I that's that's a perspective I haven't heard before. Probably mm-hmm. in some space, like I've processed some of that myself, but you just articulated that like so well. So thanks for sharing that because, you know, I definitely struggled when I first joined the online space in the entrepreneurial uh, world where people were having 
you know, running courses and programs. And I was seeing this theme a lot and it was frustrating me as somebody who really understands that just like you said, the student has to be accountable, but we also have to be accountable as the person creating to set the stage for success. And we also have to take in feedback and be open to feedback where if someone says, I don't understand something, you know, it's quite possible they really don't understand. And that might be your job as the facilitator to, or teacher or mentor, however you want to title yourself to figure out if there's a different way that you can share that information, um, help that student um, get along. And if you've done all of those things and then people are still struggling, you know, it's still open to conversation, but yes, you can't, you can't make someone show up, but if they're showing up and they're putting in the time and they're not getting the results, it really is up to the people who are running the program to really be starting to think and ask the right questions and go deeper on what they could do to, to improve that experience. Yeah. And I would, I would just welcome, this is a, this is a toughie, but a goodie. I think as the leader of any program, you need to be willing to um, get uncomfortable and maybe open to some like, stuff that might hit you in an uncomfortable way. If somebody isn't showing up to my group program, I'm not going to just let them not show up for four months. You had better believe I will be emailing them and saying, hey, I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. What's going on? I do think that we need to take ownership over the reach out and the, like, the bringing back in. I think that's part of the job of the leader is to, bring, like, to help bring you along. Sure. And so reaching out and saying, Hey, what's going on? You know, but I think also if you're going to call yourself a coach, (laughs) you know, all teachers are coaches, not all coaches are teachers. So I think that's where like in the industry coaches need us teachers to partner with them. However, if you're a coach, put on your damn coaching hat, right? It's like, you know, I think of the hundreds of times as a teacher of you know, young children, you're, you teach it multiplication or something and you have a kid sitting there with his head in his hands and he's just like not doing anything. Meanwhile, everybody else is working. As the teacher, do I just let that kid sit there with their head in their hands? He no. might not, ver- like they might not verbalize to you, I don't understand, or I'm uncomfortable with this. You can't assume that your clients will ever verbalize anything to you. You cannot assume. You must make no, assum- make no assumptions, right? And so. I'm not going to let that kid just sit there with his head in his hands. I'm going to go up to him and say, Hey dude, like what's going on? Oh, I'm just so dumb. This doesn't make any sense. Mrs. Ryder, blah, blah, blah. Am I going to also let him stay stuck in that mindset? Absolutely not. No, no. I'm going to say, really, come on, Joe or whatever, you know, come (laughs) on. Like, do you remember last week when you did X, Y, and Z? Do you remember like three weeks ago when you won the spelling bee? You're clearly not stupid. So like, let's dispel with that myth right now. But what is the actual question you're having? Like, where are you, where are you getting stuck? Let's just start there. Show me what you're doing so I can give you feedback about how to move forward is another way of saying that, right? We need to be doing that. That is called teaching. That is called coaching. And that is called being a leader. And that's what we need to start seeing more of. It's not like I want to make money, so I'm going to spit all this information at you and then have fun. A hundred percent. 
Yeah, no, it's not, not cool. cool. <laughs> and we wouldn't let our children's teachers get away with that either. No. So, no. you know, we need, no. we need to be, we need to be doing all the things and yeah. it is work it to be a teacher. Yeah. It is work. It's not meant to be easy. You can, some people are more passionate or more um, naturally inclined to be a teacher, but there's a teacher in all of us. But yeah. it is a myth to think that teaching is easy just because it looks easy because a lot of thought and intention needs to go behind every action, every every um, ask that you ask of people, every strategy that mm -hmm. you use. Um, you know, my, my passion for teaching and, and you know, learners that struggle comes from my own boys who went, you know, they're grown now, but they went through school and two out of three of my boys really struggled with learning. I spent a lot of time like advocating for them and with my own background in education, but then also, you know, just my knowledge of, of them and watching them struggle and, you know, really came to understand the behaviors of people, like you say, you know, if they're sitting there with their head in their hand, like adults might not vis visibly sit on a Zoom call with their head in their hands, but, you know, they might stop showing up or they might not take the action or, you know, there just may be some other subtle things that they do that, that uh, should cue you to reach out, right? Because like you said, we wouldn't do that if there was a young student sitting in front of us. And so my passion for or what I do is about reaching all learners, making sure that, mm -hmm. you know, we have things in place, like you mentioned, differentiated instruction and all of those edges speak words, but it's really about creating content and, and an experience that's going to allow all to succeed. Um, yeah. And that requires a certain level of awareness. It requires a certain level of, of time and energy. Um, it's not meant to be to be easy, but it can be fun and it should be rewarding. Otherwise you probably should be doing something else. Right. And I think that part of this is like, and this, this is how I show up as a leader also. And, you know, attract repel. If people don't like this, they're probably not meant to be in my circle, you know, as far as being learn, a learner in my space. Um, but it's like, you can do little things to encourage engagement right away. So if this program is a priority and you're paying thousands of dollars for it, like my expect, my expectation as the leader is that if I'm going to show it for you, you're going to show it for me. So if you're joining my program, I'm going to say those words to you. My expectation is that you show up. My other expectation is that we all have our cameras on. You want to know how adults become very disengaged and how they can appear to be showing up, but not actually showing up is they can show up and then have their camera turned off. So true. You don't, you don't know what's going on. I mean, and that might seem micromanagey, but those are things that are facilitating accountability. When you right. show up, my yeah. expectation is that your camera's on. When you show up, I expect you to show up too. Like I expect to see you here. Obviously things come up and we're probably not going to meet a hundred percent. Like whatever. I'm not an irrational human being, but it's like, <laughs> come on, you paid the money. Let's do it. Like take ownership, you know? So how can you facilitate that? Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I've certainly been in, in programs with, um, I don't know if I can swear on here, but you know, the hard ass, uh, coach who's like not taking your, your guff when, you know, there's, when you're not doing it and they're calling you out and, and that can, that's out of love. It should be out of love and, and, and real commitment to getting you 
the result that you paid for. Um, sometimes it can feel icky though in that space if you're that reluctant student mm -hmm. and you don't want to be called out. But you know, I've learned by watching other coaches who do this really gracefully where sometimes they have to sort of, you know, kind of call you out on your stuff. Um, and other times, you know, they're, then they're able to be giving you that, that feedback and that maybe a little bit of coddling that you need to kind of get you over. They have to kind of know what you need in that moment in time. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of a dance, definitely in my view. It is. And, um, I was just thinking as you were saying that, that you also, that's where the importance of learning how to give feedback comes in. And it's also where the importance of knowing your clients or the people that have are in your program, the importance of knowing them comes in. Do you know them? Yeah, um, so true. If you're, if you're giving feedback, like I'm the type of person you could totally call me out on my stuff in front of people. And it's like, whatever, like do it. But I know other people that will turn like some people, if you call them out in front of other people, it, you will break trust with them. Oh, it, sure. Yeah. Right. And then they're out. So it's a safety matter of is like, really important community, mm -hmm. a community of learning where there's safety. And if people don't feel safe, they're not going to show up or they're not going to be, bring their best self forward anyways. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Tracy, I could talk to you forever because now I just want to go on and on talking about building community. And like, that's another <laughs> way to get people to show up and engage. Blah, yeah. Blah, well, blah. we can definitely, so yeah, <laughs> we, I, I know we could probably talk for hours. Um, and I know, you know, we've been talking for a few minutes here and I think, you know, I just want to say thank you so much for adding to the conversation. I definitely see a place for us to have more conversation. So stay tuned everyone for some more goodness from Cassie and I, before we wrap up though, I'd really love for you to share with everyone where you can be found online. So if they have a team member or they themselves are interested in, in your new certification, like. How is that going to get launched and where can they find out more information? So that's such a great question. And I'm so glad you asked. You can go to CassieWriter.com, but you're going to find my old website with all my old stuff there. So it's not quite updated yet. Um, the best place is Instagram and I'm just at CassieWriter. Um, if you are a virtual assistant or online business manager, or if you know one who's interested in developing this unique set of skills of, you know, instructional design and development, then I have a new Facebook group that I've started just for that crew of people um, where we we're gonna talk all things learning and instructional design and that you can find at bit.ly forward slash online education managers. Managers, plural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so those are really the best, the two best places, Instagram and my Facebook group. That's awesome. And, you know, I expect the content from this podcast to be pretty evergreen. So also go check her out on her website too. I'm sure you'll learn yes. a little bit more about her eventually. All the deets will be there too, I'm sure. But this has been fantastic. Thank you for taking some time in your day to talk with me. And I look forward to inviting you on again for some more good conversation. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Tracy. I appreciate it. You're welcome. If you like this episode, one of the best thank yous you can give me is to subscribe and leave me a review. Leaving a podcast review helps me get more reach and attract more listeners. And if you're ready to scale your course, I also have a free roadmap that you can download. This roadmap will give you access to my framework for scaling courses, what you need to do, what you need to consider, and even who you should include in the process. Check the show notes below. Thanks for listening.